The presenting sponsor for On Education is Schoology. Schoology is not only the best learning management system, it's also a community of lifelong learners. Join On Education at Schoology Next Conference July 16th through 18th in San Diego, California. This is a chance to immerse yourselves in hands-on workshops, advanced product training sessions, and best practice presentations. If you want to learn more about Schoology and how they can help you advance what's possible, visit Schoology.com. Get off my lawn! Welcome to On Education. I am Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an amazing pod for you today. We will definitively answer the question on everyone's mind, Laurel or Yanni. We will discuss the tragic shooting this week in Texas and cap off the podcast, talking to the designer of the app, taking the teaching world by storm, Josh Feinsilber of GimKit. Laurel versus Yanni. Yes. It's amazing to me how we get captivated by things like this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like that dress. Remember that dress that it was either green or blue or some weird color or something like that, depending upon blue the way or you gold. looked at it. Blue or, there you blue go. Or yeah, gold, what, right? was it blue or was it yeah. gold? Was it is it Laurel or is it Yanni? This I, this one is interesting because of the science behind it, right? Right. Well, it's way more interesting because of the science. There's actually a legit science discussion that happens surrounding this, which is pretty wild. It's it has to do with the the way that different people perceive frequencies of audio and. And depending on your personal perception of frequency, uh, you hear different things. And um, I had a funny conversation. You actually saw, I know you saw it on Facebook uh, <laughs> with, with my, my, my cousin who, who got all get off my lawn on me about, uh, about thinking this was pretty interesting or funny. And he's like, aren't there better things to worry about in the world? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, there are. But can we have this moment, please? I think that... <laughs> doesn't seem inappropriate but i also mentioned in the same post as a response that i actually had a pretty decent conversation with my students about what this is and what it means and how it works and um the new york times did me a favor uh and uh posted a slide a slide there was a slider okay um that shifted the frequency of the audio clip depending and as as you shifted the frequency people would hear different things oh and and it would tell you right and it would tell you you know where your personal and everyone's level of the the slider was different depending on your personal perception of the frequency of audio so even though we're all the same we're all different <laughs> right we are all special snowflakes that's that's pretty cool though i mean that's like obviously it it's it's weird how these things blow up but yeah. it leads to an interesting conversation like you just had with your students about basically the auditory process and you know uh that's a very interesting especially if you're in, into sound technology like you and I are musicians and and playing music and and how it's perceived, you know, to a crowd could yeah. be really different. So that's awesome. I like that. It was it was pretty sweet. I I enjoyed the conversation. I I love these kind of teaching moments. I like the opportunity to talk about the things that are just kind of on the internet. I show I show a lot of videos of things like SpaceX launches and 
just stuff that goes viral and there's teaching opportunities everywhere and laurel versus yanni uh is no exception so are you a a laurel or a yanni you you know what i actually had the experience where the first couple of times i heard laurel you know and then i i I don't know if i convinced myself that i i was i was hearing yanni then you know what i mean so then from this point forward, all I hear is Yanni. So I don't know what, what that's about. <laughs> I, I had a fun time messing yeah. with the kids with this slider because one of the things the slider also did was con- condition your brain yes. to hearing hearing the other things. So you would put it all the way to one side and they would hear Laurel. And then every time after that, even if you slid it almost all the way to the other side, you kept you would tell yourself that you're hearing laurel still yes. and you would hear laurel interesting um pretty fun little mental conditioning thing i heard laurel pretty much all the way till like you had to go on that slider thing you had to push it pretty far to the other side for me to start hearing yanni yeah so um you know it was a neat week i i, I liked it it was it was listen it was fun on the bus for for 20 minutes yeah at least. talking about that you had an awesome student t- and teacher experience by taking students all the way to the the big city yeah chicago that's awesome so tell us a little bit about chicago well it's a big city <laughs> it's so awesome yes um we uh yeah the drive from toronto to chicago is about eight and a half hours if you don't stop yeah. So our drive was, you know, in the in a, in the ten hour range uh, yep. each way. Uh, wow. So a, a lot of time, a lot of bonding time on the on the bus. A lot of um, candy was eaten um, <laughs> because that's what kids do. That's what uh, I would do a, too. A lot of Fortnite uh, was played oh, on, cool. on mobile devices. That that happened quite a bit. Um, and Clash Royale uh, happened quite a bit. Oh, and yeah. some Black Panther happened uh, awesome. a couple times i guess um so we take the grade sevens and eights every year uh to a place in the u.s and uh go for three or four well four days uh, most of the first day and the last day are driving home so there's two days in between where we do and we did everything we I, it's a pretty packed day we're we're out the door at eight o'clock and we're not back until nine or ten yes. at night on the tuesday and the wednesday yeah. and we saw you, you think of, we saw the Field Museum, we went to the Chicago History Museum, we went to the Aquarium, uh, we went to Millennium Park, saw the Bean, we went up top, uh, uh, up to the top of Willis Tower and, awesome. uh, and, and did the, uh, the windows where you can look down, straight yes. down. My favorite part was the architectural boat tour. Mm. So they take you on a boat and you go um, through the Chicago River. Uh, and where it forks, you go one way, and then they come back around and go go the other way. Uh, and he, the the narrator, the, the the tour guide, was amazing. Those like just are absolutely, they're, they're absolutely ridiculous. pro. It, yes. it was astonishing how awesome he was. And obviously, it's a script, but he delivered it so very very well. And um, it was really really entertaining and and super informative. I wouldn't look at buildings the same probably ever again to be perfectly honest i i couldn't believe the thought that went into some of the buildings and uh you know maybe chicago's unique in that regard i i guarantee you that the skyscrapers in toronto are not uh built 
with the intent of complementing the skyscrapers beside them yeah. or across or across the river from the other ones. Interesting, huh? And and taking into consideration the reflection that it would cast on the water and stuff like that. <laughs> but in Chicago, awesome. that's exactly what they're doing when they're building some of these things, especially the ones that are right on the river. On the river, yeah. And it was pretty astonishing. It was awesome. We we obviously had some pizza. Yeah, of course. Which was which was pretty great. Yes. We went to a, a huge mall that was right downtown, seven floors this mall. It was absolutely massive. Um, lots of chances. The kids love gift stores. And, yeah. Uh, I find so that they were a buying all weird. kinds of different things. Oh my there? god! Just yeah. constantly wanting to buy t-shirts? souvenirs, <laughs> t-shirts. Um, we we went on a, a bit of a stuffed animal frenzy, or, or um, you know, just stuffies of all shapes and sizes. One student <laughs> bought a, a giant llama, you know, okay. just be, just because. Just because um, they could. <laughs> sure. Why not? And uh, so, no, it was a really fun time. I, I, I genuinely like, I, I love teaching older kids. Now, I teach this year, I teach grade 3 to 8. Next year, I'll be teaching just grade 6 to 8. Yeah. And, and that's kind of my wheelhouse, to be honest, in, in terms of, you know, what I like to teach. My favorite grade to teach is probably grade 6. Um, and I'm really looking forward to teaching just grade 6, 7, and 8. And so, I, I genuinely liked being w- with these kids, they they have a good sense of humor. They're mature enough that you can have, you know, funny conversation with them and and it not be you know whatever, yes, right? You can you true. can talk to them like they're a little bit older because they yes. are. Um, so it was a great time. We we had a really really good time in Chicago. And uh, listen, I, I we're going back to Chicago in well, I'm going back and you're meeting me there. Yes. In what? What's that? Five weeks? Holy it's, moly! It's getting here! Wow! It's the conference, right? Yes. So we will be at ISTE. Um, we are going to be interviewing. Uh, I know at least we're going to be interviewing the president of ISTE. Nice. Uh, we've lined up interviewing uh, some of uh, our friends as well. Um, people who haven't been on the podcast yet, but are are big, pretty big names in the education space. Uh, I'm not going to say any of them right now because we haven't firmed up times and stuff like that. We are going, we've been invited to go to some pretty cool events. We're going to Carl Hooker's uh, Poetry Slam. Nice. Which is pretty slick. Yes. Uh, Carl uh, shot us out an invite and um, I guess I'm spilling the beans that he's probably going to be on the pod as well. Uh, and, <laughs> and we're going to the Badge Summit. So yeah. lots going on. Super excited about all those events and Chicago is okay. awesome. So can't wait, man. Pretty pumped. Um, Twitter, give me give me a Twitter Twitter happening. You know there was there was I mean, obviously we'll talk about Friday at uh, in a little bit later in the podcast. But yeah, uh, I mean as far as Twitter, it was pretty quiet. I thought I thought something amazing happened though. I, I was just walking through our corridors at we have a gigantic high school, and the choir director decided to pull his choir out and put them up on the second floor of this corridor. And and then they sang a song by U2. And it was just one of those moments where you just stop whatever you're, you know, you're heading towards a certain mission. You know how at the end of the school year you're running right. and, and you forget that you have these amazing, beautiful moments that are occurring in your schools. And so I just recorded their, you know, impromptu performance. And then I posted it uh, on YouTube, tagged the teacher and all of our, our staff. And really just I'm challenging people to say, hey, there's all of these special moments that are happening during these last weeks of school. 
put them out there uh, so that other people can get inspired by them and show your kids that you really do, you know, that you obviously do care about them and then say, hey, check this out. You're doing some amazing things uh, even all the way up until the last weeks of school. So I'm challenging people on Twitter to tag us at on education podcast and and say, tell us like what are some awesome things. Send us a picture, a little video, whatever it might be of things that are happening, special moments that are happening during these last few weeks of school um, because they're happening. And we, you know, a yeah. lot of the time Twitter and, and the rest of social media is just overly abundantly dominated by negative news. So let's have some special moments together and, and retweet those things, you know, like and retweet those things uh, that are happening at other places because, hey, you know, awesome things are, are occurring. Yeah, I mean, if you tag us, we'll, we'll retweet it. We, we're pretty, we're pretty uh, consistent on that. Uh, I'll be sharing some of the stuff I do, but I don't do my big super fun stuff until like the last, very last week of school. Uh, but I'll be, I think I've mentioned before, I bring in my, my Oculus Rift for the last week of school, yeah. which is, which is pretty rad. I want to see some so, stuff on that. Yes. Yeah. The kids, the kids absolutely love it. Uh, so we'll be doing, we'll be doing that. Um, talk about, uh, code.org teacher workshops. Yes. Glenn. So I have a friend, her name is Angie Kothoff. She doesn't even know I'm doing this, <laughs> but Hi, Angie. I just, but yeah. Hey Angie, you're, you're so awesome by the way. Um, <laughs> and she is facilitating, all of these code.org workshops. And what I was, I mean, the most amazing part is, number one, it's free. (laughs) It's a seven-hour professional development learning opportunity where you develop the skills to take it back to your own schools and school districts. It's completely free. She even has food. The hours could count towards your teacher license, or at least it does in Minnesota. So uh, she's doing hers in Minnesota, but this happens throughout uh, the country and probably in Canada too, right, Mike? I, I would assume so. I, I haven't seen anything, yeah. and I, I didn't attend anything like this when I when I started using Code.org. But I, I assume it exists. I, I don't have a doubt that it exists. I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Maybe I should be doing one of these myself, but, you know. Well, they're just amazing and great learning opportunities. And even it says beginners are encouraged to attend. And we will, in the show notes, provide a link to specifically Angie's uh, connection for Minnesota. But we will also just encourage you to go to code.org, find your local trainers, and find out where they're actually doing the trainings at when the summer. Go attend that workshop. It's free. Code.org is is so awesome. And and you can get the uh, the professional development that you need to be able to go in and have it uh, be able to use it at your school districts. Listen, if you're if you're a teacher and you were looking for the window or the door to walk through to start using coding and games-based learning even in your classroom that had a really low barrier to entry and was super easy to learn. Code.org is is it. That is it. It is the definitive tool for K to five for sure um, for teaching coding, uh, and you should really just head on over there and play around. That's the best way you're going to learn, and you're going to see. I, I have all the confidence in the world that if you give this a shot, if you just go there and start messing around on code.org, you're going to see all the things that you can do with it. Absolutely, and and you won't regret it. And then you'll you'll find ways to use it in your classroom. But if you were like I said, looking for that that pain-free way to 
teach yourself how to integrate coding into the classroom, uh, this is this is something to do for sure. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will address what happened in Texas uh, this past week and tackle the gun control conversation just a little bit. The end of the school year is finally here, and we have an awesome professional development opportunity. Badge Summit 2018 is happening at Columbia College on June 23rd in Chicago, Illinois. This one-day event brings together some of the brightest and most inspiring digital badge thought leaders on the planet for highly interactive learning and sharing. Attendance is limited to 250 people, so get signed up. For more information, go to badgesummit.weebly.com. Welcome back. Well, this is, this is becoming too common. Uh, this week, there was uh, another school shooting at Santa Fe High School in Santa Fe, Texas. Um, this is the third school shooting in the past seven days and the 22nd since the beginning of the year in, in the U.S. Uh, I don't really have words really much anymore. Uh, I have a lot of notes, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something a little bit later, but... Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of running out of things to say about stuff like this. It's a, it's astounding to me what's going on. Yeah, it's just it. I mean, tragedy is not even. You know, when I was writing you, we were texting back and forth. It's right. not even. A, it's not a tragedy. Is not a strong enough word. It just it it just ridiculous and it's everywhere. And so we in the United States have to be prepared for it to happen, you know, near home. And that's just sick and scary. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, man. It's, there are no words anymore. I had, uh, I saw a tweet um, where the person said, I, I can't believe that the phrase school shooting is actually a thing. The idea that, you know, we even use that kind of vocabulary to describe something like that this actually happens and then that's a real word that we say yeah and not that even that we really say it it's it's the frequency in which you say it as well is is mind-blowing um what is even more mind-blowing is is (laughs) you know what i'm gonna say well i mean i know you see the notes but (laughs) holy crap um so so um you know file under uh winner of the week is uh texas lieutenant governor dan patrick this guy this guy blamed friday's massacre at a high school near houston in part on too many entrances and too many exits on the campus (laughs) gosh door control is yes. what we need we don't need gun control we need door control that the question i wrote in the notes and i'm just gonna read it because <laughs> whatever but i wrote am i reading this right or is this guy really that stupid glenn can you answer that for me <laughs> well i'm not gonna <laughs> I, I don't know i mean you are reading it right he did say that and i he, think they believe that he believes this um so i mean does it's, he it's, understand the doors are how people escape things yeah and and i mean of course there's all these implications about fire you know hazards and fire codes the way that we build schools have to do so that we can escape from the school if something bad occurs in it really quickly you want an exit near your 
wherever your classroom's at, and it has to be within a specific distance. That's how codes are. You know, the building codes are are made law. so that's yeah, exactly. So that you're talking about law. Exactly, it's the law. <laughs> it's the law, and to have one door that leads into the bunker called your school, it's just like right. I mean, come on, it's it, it, it's just again ter- twisting what are the actual issues and not having to face those things and then saying, oh, no, it's because of this. And, uh, you know, on that same perspective, and I don't think we wrote it on here anywhere, so I don't want to steal our thunder, is that, you know, when people say we need more security, these schools have security. There's you two. know, we have security. I mean, honestly, we have a, 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 an armed police officer who is designated to our to just our high school, right? Sure. And he also has, you know, we have uh, occasional uh, other police officers that, you know, just do their duties as far as around the school just to keep us safe. But that right. doesn't mean that that's going to prevent any of this from occurring. You know what I mean? Like, there I, were two I, cops in yeah. this high school. Yeah. Yes, and. And we have some big schools. You know, we that school is, is, is a pretty significantly large school. And even if it wasn't, it doesn't mean that if that guy, if the police officer is in the wrong place, you know, when this all occurs, they can only do so much. You know, it's not like we have armed guards throughout the whole entire school or something like that, you know. No, you can't have uh, a no, and that's not gonna, cop in each yes, classroom. Yes, exactly. So, yes, it's ridiculous. Tell us more. Um, I wanted to read this um facebook post that's kind of making its way around by the um chief of police uh uh, for the city of houston yes because i think that you know when i when i read it i feel like it's articulating a lot of the feelings that i have personally as well yeah and I found it absolutely amazing and and i'm so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read it it's not too long okay read it so uh quote To all my Facebook friends, today I spent the day dealing with another mass shooting of children and a responding police officer who is clinging to life. I'm not ashamed to admit I've shed tears of sadness, pain, and anger. I know some have strong feelings about gun rights, but I want you to know I've hit rock bottom and I'm not interested in your views as it pertains to this issue. Please do not post anything about guns aren't the problem, and there's little we can do. My feelings won't be hurt if you defriend me, and I hope yours won't be if you decide to post about your views and I defriend you. I have never accepted the status quo in anything I do, and I've never accepted defeat, and I won't do it now. I will continue to speak up, and I will stand up for what my heart and my God commands me to do, And I assure you, he hasn't instructed me to believe that gun rights are bestowed by him. I love that line. Yes. The hatred being spewed in our country is the new norms we, so-called people of faith, are accepting. Is as much to blame for so much of the violence in our once pragmatic nation. This isn't a time for prayers and study and inaction. It's a time for prayers, action, and the asking of God's forgiveness for our inaction. Especially the elected officials that ran to the cameras today, acted in a solemn manner, called for prayers, and will once again do absolutely nothing. That's a powerful line right there. Uh Uh-huh. I close by saying, I wish those that move on from this page the best. May God bless you and keep you. 
I mean, it's astounding. It's it's everything. It's, it's all the of the sheriff. feelings. He yeah. has to work, and he he's the one who had to go into those buildings and pull kids out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's the one who has to stand beside his coworker, and and you know, and hope that he doesn't pass away. You know, and so it again, it's just sick. It's a sickening feeling. As soon as it happens, you know, on Friday morning when it was happening, I was just like, this is just right. You know, again, we're. You know, and really the question is, when does this actually end? You know, it's not about, you know, this is a once, you know, in a blue moon kind of thing. No, this is like, this is happening all the time now. So when will we do the things that we need to do in order to make this stop? You know, and that's the question. The problem is, obviously, the the NRA just has more money than the other side. And our, your, I guess, elected officials are pretty easily bought. Um, when the NRA can just pay more than, um, I can't remember Bloomberg's organization, but he's probably got the biggest one, but when they, it's amazing first off that Bloomberg, you know, has this organization and, and isn't dumping just tons of money into it, I guess. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go after him though, I guess, but the NRA has a truckload of money and yes. they spend, they spend it on, you know, Marco Rubio. And then Margot Rubio goes out and talks about guns not being the problem. And he probably, I'd love to see how much contributions the NRA made to this, you know, genius of the month, Lieutenant Governor. Um, No, and I think that the biggest thing that we can do is talk about, you know, he, this sheriff says that it's a time for action. And really, as a people, here's here's what we can go ahead and do. In November, go vote for people Mm -hmm. that you know that are taking this issue seriously and that are going to bring out solutions to this this problem not not just words about whatever it might be but actually going to vote for uh policy that makes changes about you know why this is occurring you know the easily the the accessibility of of arms for example to kids you know and and um and just the accessibility of arms to people that should not have them you know and the accessibility of of firearms that are military grade firearms, you know, all of the, all of the down the line, you know, and someone said something, you know, it was ridiculous, you know, that, that the type of firearms that this person brought in um, weren't weren't the military grade, so those aren't the problem. It's like, no, no, this is a kid, and they had open access to these weapons, and they weren't locked down, and the and nobody feels like they need to go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, they don't need to lock it down because there's no policy against that you know you need to lock your stuff down you need to make sure that they're safe and they, and that's they aren't easily accessible by children you know by kids it's, it's a culture it's a culture of gun ownership that is reaffirmed by an outdated second amendment the the reality is if you go to somewhere like windsor ontario which is literally across the river from houston or from uh from detroit there are I bet you per capita, per person in Windsor, there's maybe one gun per 10,000 people. Sure. And in Detroit, which is, you could you could shoot a, a one wood across the river. Yeah. And, and hit a building in Detroit from the edge of the river in Windsor. And on and there's guns the everywhere. other side of the river, there's guns everywhere. Yeah. It's, everywhere. Yeah. Like the ratio of guns per person in the U.S. is is more than one to one, I think. Yeah. I, oh, it is. 
It is. It's ridiculous and sick. And so, and, yeah. This is this isn't this is a culture thing. This is you guys have an issue with access to guns and the feeling of need. And this quote, this idea that people believe that it's their God-given right. God, um, I will continue to speak up and stand up for what my heart and my God commands me to do. And I assure you, he hasn't instructed me to believe that gun rights are bestowed by him. The idea that gun rights are a God-given thing, it, like manifest destiny, yeah. right, is the most, like, it's insane. Yeah. It is literally insane. It's sickening and... I hope that for the rest of this school year, at least, we, we need don't, to keep we don't our kids to, safe. We don't have to talk about this again because this is just—it's just—it's just sickening again. And and I I I feel horrible for all those people that you know are directly affected by that. And actually, you know, all of our students are directly affected because we don't know when it's going to happen next or where. You know, it's it's not restricted to a specific location or whatever it might be. So, right. Yeah. I, I mean, we could just go on and on oh, and on, yes. but uh, but this isn't uh, this isn't meant to be, you know, that sort of thing. We're gonna keep talking about it as it comes up. And uh, listen, I mean, let's be real here. It's gonna come up again. Hopefully, it doesn't come up, you know, for a while. But until we've actually fixed the problem, until you actually fix your problem down there, uh, it's gonna it's gonna happen again. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna move on, and when we uh, come back. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, this is really interesting, we're going to talk about respect and doctors and teachers and the difference between the two. On Education is brought to you by Audible. Audible. So, hey, uh, Glenn, you're reading a book right now. Yes. Or listening to a book, I guess. Yeah, reading, listening, actually more listening. <laughs> and I'm, I, I think you're going to be really excited about this one. Uh, uh-huh. I am listening to Super Better by Jane McGonigal. Yes. I, you know, of course I've read Reality is Broken various uh-huh. times and I have it bookmarked and posted, noted and highlighted. And so I actually listened to Jane McGonigal in a lot of her presentation. One of the times that I've heard her was about super better. And now right. that I'm actually being able to listen to it, I'm about halfway through it. It is such an awesome, fascinating book basically yeah. about just making us better people. You know, and, and so highly recommend it to anybody. Again, I'm about halfway through um, and it is just fantastic. Super better. So if you want to listen to Super Better by uh, Jane McGonigal or even Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal, we're big Jane McGonigal fans here. Yes. Hey, Jane, come on the podcast. Oh, that would be awesome. Create an account on Audible today by visiting audibletrial.com slash on education that's audibletrial.com slash on education and receive a free audiobook download all right welcome back to the show uh, a really interesting article came across glenn and i's desks this week uh doctors versus teachers well the name of the article was called i was a doctor now i'm a teacher why don't i get the same level of respect uh, we both found it uh, super interesting. Uh, tell us a little bit about the article, Glenn, uh, and, and kind of your thoughts on it uh, to start, I guess. Um, I think that, I mean, the most powerful part is that you have this person who decides to go from the medical profession as a as a doctor and then end up, end up uh, being a teacher and then finds out that there's so many levels of what they refer to as disrespect, which 
we call the status quo. <laughs> I mean, it's right. so sick. Uh, the the things all coming from uh, pay uh, and benefits, all the way down to just the way that society views you. You know, when you you know when you're speaking about you're you're a teacher, your profession, or whatever it might be. There's such a distinction between being a doctor and then a teacher and and. And man, I I was I was blown away by reading this, and we'll go ahead and link it in our show notes. I highly mm-hmm. recommend reading it. It's very it's not super long, but it is super powerful. Just to say, hey, what we think of as the status quo is actually not good. You know, it's not a good thing for us. You know, as far as uh, being respected as a teacher. What did you get out of it? Well, it, it resonated with with me um, because one of the things that I've thought about a lot over the, the the last you know number of years is the idea that I don't I don't go to my doctor's office and tell my doctor how to be a doctor so and I true. don't go I don't go to my dentist's office and tell him how to be a dentist I don't go to my um, carpenter and tell him how to build my deck and I don't go to my car repair shop even and yeah. tell him how to fix my car uh, and you know, I know a a lot about education. I don't know how to fix my car, frankly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. Well, and and I mean, I I did build my own deck, but I did a lot of research. But I, I mean, I don't know anything about medicine, and I don't know anything about dentistry. Yet, it never ceases to amaze me how many people think they know all about education, especially politicians. Those, that's, where the sick, that's where the sickest part comes from. The decision-making that is made at our state levels and local levels and, of course, national levels is ridiculous if it's not driven by educators. You know, those yeah. that's where it should be at. And, I, and, of course, I'm not exactly sure if that, you know, I don't feel like that would happen in Canada. But it definitely happens in the United States where we have all of these different types of mandates where you go, where did that idea come from? Well, he was either okay. it was driven by someone who has not worked in education, and number two, usually driven by a special interest. You know what I mean? Like we talked about testing companies and those kinds of things, where there's some certain kind of money being pushed out to legislators to pass certain things. And speaking of standardized testing, this is also where you see it coming out in the parents and the public, yes, too, right? The discussion around standardized testing is a very nuanced complicated intricate discussion that needs to happen about the nature of standardized testing and assessment and determining how we understand whether students have met learning goals and objectives and checking for mastery and I can guarantee you the average parent doesn't have a friggin clue what I just said Well, and if they do, I mean, too many times things are tainted by, I think, by media. Do you know what I mean? So it's easier to report like I'm going to give the school a report card grade and say they deserve an F because of standardized testing and graduation rates where you're not where you're not really looking at the nuanced things because it's too complex. Like you just said, instead, you're just looking at something that's just is a blurb, you know, a little quick boom, boom. And then, hey, things are going great, or oh my goodness, how are things going so badly there? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I can talk about standardized, and I'm not telling parents and people not to have discussions about standardized testing. You, we all have, you, if you have a kid, 
then you have at least some sort of a voice in this conversation. You do. You have a right because you have a kid but who participates in this process. But I, I just want... It's, it is about respect. It's about respecting that I may shockingly know a little bit more about this than you. I don't assume, listen, if you're a, if you're a car repair person, a mechanic, I, I'm going to assume that you know more about car repair than me. Please, God, know more about car repair than me. <laughs> um, and so I'm not, you know, I'm going to defer to your judgment when we're having a conversation about whether it's, you know, the timing belt or the alternator. Yes. I'm fine with that. I should be fine with that. I shouldn't assume that, you know, because, you know, my car mechanic thinks it's the timing belt and I think it's the alternator that I'm right. Um, the odds are that I'm wrong. Um, and I would just appreciate some deference yes. to that, to that reality sure. that, that Glenn and I, and, other teachers are experts at this. And frankly, we know what we're talking about. And so it comes down to respect. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is a frustrating conversation to have with people. This EQAO stuff that's going on is, is pretty important stuff. And it requires more than just, I know what's best for my kid. And I think that my kids should take this math test. Yes. Yes, and and I mean, ultimately, it. I think it's it's a like a culture thing that we just talked about culture, but it it definitely is a culture thing where it at the base level at the base level teaching is not looked at in the same uh, light as, for example, the medical profession or even the dental profession or many other types of professions. It's kind of like. Oh, you're you just did that, you know. Where many of us, I mean, we know so many awesome people, Mike, that could do any job. Sure. But instead, they chose to work with students and really, I mean, are super powerful, impactful educators, and they do it because they're passionate about it and because they're freaking awesome at it too. And you're right. I mean, it would be awesome if at the societal level, and and you know, in other countries, it really does happen. It's really different where you do put your educators at the top of the pedestal and 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 say my goodness it's you're a teacher that's that is awesome you know that's that's such a, an important part of you know our entire society i actually you you brought up something that i thought of and i when i was first reading it and i forgot about it now and this idea that there are teachers that can do that could have chosen anything um and that's totally, you know, listen, I'm a teacher trying to start a media company. Um, and I'm not saying I'm an expert at this, and I'm, but I'm learning a lot. And I think I can do it. Yes. That's, I guess, the point. Justin Trudeau was a teacher, and now he's the prime minister of Canada. That's awesome. Um, you know, these teachers, there's a lot of educators that could frankly do whatever they wanted. They choose teaching. Yes. And I was also, you had mentioned um, doctors and dentists and the respect that they got. But I'll be honest, I think that it's degrading in a lot of different areas. And what I thought of when I was reading this was the question about autism and vaccines. Okay. And, and that you have millions, hundreds of thousands of doctors and scientists telling you that there's no connection 
between vaccines and autism and vaccines and frankly almost anything and yet um there are people that say i don't care that you're a doctor i don't care that you've spent your entire life educating yourself and doing research i know what's best for my kid and blah 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 right it's and it's it's it is exactly the same thing as what's happening in school uh with educators and i think that it's one of the most destructive not to get too political but it's definitely one of the most destructive legacies of ronald reagan uh and this is the feeling that the government isn't on your side uh that it isn't looking out for people and that it all it does is siphon money from you and do nothing for you and that attitude has filtered down over the last 35 years into education into nursing into into all of these things and into into being a doctor um and so you know no i don't necessarily feel respected as a teacher even in ontario um and i'm sure that you don't either at least in in some ways uh what what do you think no i mean it and the 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 biggest takeaway for me is that we as a society have a lot to still work on in in just the concept of the educational field and to say that it's such an important we talk about this all the time on this podcast to say maybe we need to relook at education and say gosh it's it should be super expensive as you always say we should be putting all of our money into it because it's so important it's not yeah. just something that people just do you know it's something that is an integral element of a highly functioning society so that you don't have um, you know a whole bunch of people end up going to prison a whole bunch of people out of work a whole bunch of people feeling just that their society doesn't care about them do you know what i mean and so that's that i just think that that in itself is is we're a long ways away i think but as far as feeling respected as a teacher, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do, and we're not gonna we're not gonna solve all these problems in one segment in one podcast. No. So uh, we will, um, I'm sure, talk about this as the the years go on. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk to Josh Feinsilber, the creator of Gimkit. Friends, On Podcast Media is getting set to launch not one but two new podcasts this summer. And we're excited to tell you about the first one, On Politics. On Politics is hosted by politician, professor, and human rights lawyer, Craig Scott. On Politics will take deep dives into policy and politics. You definitely come away learning something every week. To stay up to date with On Politics, follow the show's Twitter account, at OnPoliticsPod. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited to have the creator of GimKit on the show today, Josh Feinsilber. Josh, can you tell our audience a bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first, you know, thanks for having me on, obviously. Uh, so I'm, I'm currently a junior in high school, and it's May right now, so I'm going to be heading into my senior year. And uh, I go to uh, high school about 25 minutes outside of Seattle, and uh, I uh, made a, a classroom quiz game called GimKit, and I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. And the GimKit uh, app or web application game has taken the ed tech community by storm. I, Mike and I are passionate about uh, educational technology, especially ones that are 
that work really well, uh, and especially ones that are related to game-based learning. Uh, and it t- has an overwhelmingly positive response to the game. And has that surprised you? Oh, yeah, of course. I think, uh, I mean, it's it's been quite crazy. Um, and I think that because I'm just surprised it has caught on so much and it's gotten such a great response because I still I still have a hard time pitching it to, to people. Sure. Uh, so, so when I, you know, am like catching up with someone and they're asking, you know, what's going on now with you, Josh? And I'm explaining to them, okay, I do this, you know, classroom quiz game thing and I, I pitch it. It still sounds weird to me. I can't quite phrase it in a way that, uh, yeah, that makes sense. And I totally get that. So I'm, I, I start with the pitch, you know, of, all right, it's this quiz game where you're in money and you buy upgrades. <laughs> and, and, it, and so like, and this is probably a problem, but I can't even kind of explain it in a, in, a, in a great way. And so I'm surprised that, you know, since um, all of our uh, growth has been through word of mouth, sure. um, I'm surprised that other teachers have been able to do that for us. So... Um, yeah, for sure, and you know, also, you know, when we're coming up, when we were uh, coming up with the idea for this, uh, I did very little idea validation. So um, we, I did do research on kind of what problem we were trying to solve, but I didn't, I didn't sure. do a good, good amount of research to figure out if this was the right solution. It was kind of just like, all right, let's let's try it. And so, yeah, for sure, I, n- I never would have thought that uh, some some weird mixture of all these different elements together would have, you know, garnered such a great response, but. Uh, yeah, it's been crazy. So awesome. So the, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. The word, the word of mouth, in particular, has blown me away. Yeah, the, the this is spreading like crazy, and everyone is sharing with everyone. And that must feel really good that you're getting validation not from your peers, but frankly, from your teachers and other teachers. Um, that must feel really, really good. Yeah, it does, and especially you know, as I said, we haven't we've done very little to no marketing on this, uh, and so yeah, as I said, all of it's been through word of mouth, and so it's been slow for for a while. Uh, we launched back the day before Halloween of 2017, and uh, we had like a, a weird name situation. We had a different name back then. We had to change the name, so we stayed quiet for a month, and we changed the name, and then we're like, all right, I was I was ready to go uh, spread this with everyone. I was yeah. like, all right, I made this. Let's go spread this with everyone. But then, you know, I came to the realization that, you know, I've only been working on this for a couple months. Our competitors, alternatives have a, have teams, VC money, been working on this for years. It's like, all right, let me spend a little bit more time working on the product before I go spread it with everyone. Sure. So, so that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, but but yeah, it, it has been crazy because it has come very recently. It's been usually, you know, it's been about the past six weeks has, has when uh, it, it's really kind of just amped up like crazy. Um, yeah, so it it kind of did come out of nowhere, but it's been slow for a while. That that is awesome. Um, so it, it reminds me, the game reminds me of a little bit of Kahoot, but not really. Um, and then it, it has some elements that I do like about, like for example, a game like Quizlet Live, but it's better. So where did when you were developing this, and you were like, okay, I'm going to come up with this game. Did you look at those other kind of models? And you're like, I need to make this better. Or, or where did you come up with the idea about creating it? Yeah, sure. So I guess I'll explain kind of how I got the opportunity to make this in the first place. So I went to a traditional high school in ninth grade. And then my school district uh, said, hey, next year we're opening up this new school. It's project-based. Uh, so you work on projects as your schoolwork, no classes, no grades. And um, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this, is, this is great. I would love to work on projects as my schoolwork. So um, I started going to the school last year. Yes. And... I worked on you know a variety of projects throughout the year, and towards the tail end of last school year, when I was a sophomore in May, 
uh, I had, you know, I had finished a project and I wanted to do something new to really challenge myself. And so this GIMP kit actually first started off by me looking at this technology that I wanted to learn, which basically allows for somewhat somewhat real-time communication. So if you can imagine like a chat application, you press, you know, send and it gets sent right away. I wanted to try something like that. So that's actually the first, um, I guess that's the first uh, piece of GimKit was actually I made a very, very simple chat application. And I thought okay. this tech, I thought this technology was really cool. And I said, all right, how can I take this further? And so I thought back to traditional school and I, I really loved using Kahoot and Quizlet Live. I, I, I didn't ever use quizzes um, in school, but I definitely used Quizlet Live and Kahoot. And I really, I really loved the two. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I, I, I really like them, but I certainly think they could be better. Um, and so from there, I went on, um, and maybe this is, where the, this is the wrong question to ask, but I went around asking teachers and students, interviewing them, trying to figure out what they didn't like about Kahoot. And uh, from, from there, I got the main three pain points from each side, and that's kind of what we try to fix in, in, in GimKit. And I, I think maybe why the, it was the wrong question to ask is because um, I think just because you use GimKit doesn't mean uh, you shouldn't use Kahoot or Quizzes or Quizzes, Quizlet Live. I think... Um, each of the products serves a, a, a good place in the classroom for different things. And so I think where GimKit has kind of fallen into place in is as like a classroom activity and a review game. And I think I think Kahoot really strives as actually a, a place to introduce new content. And the reason why I think that is because the teacher sets the pace of the game. Okay. Um, yes. whereas, whereas something like Quizlet Live or GimKit uh, or quizzes, the students at the pace of the game, right? So I think it's much better for review, but when you're trying to learn something new, I think Kahoot is much better. And I think a lot of people use Kahoot for review. And so that's where I think those major pain points came in, which is which we, we've tried to solve. Um, but anyway, so I got those three major pain points. We bound solutions and somehow we got to the idea of this money thing, which I'm not quite sure how we got there. Um, but then I coded the first version over the summer and uh, I guess the rest is history. Uh, that's that's a super awesome story and then number one that you actually made it happen (laughs) (laughs) a lot of us a lot of us have ideas that we were like oh it'd be cool if we could do this but then for whatever reason you know we let life get in the way or whatever might be and and we don't you know end up following through to the fullest extent you did this all within that that year that's just amazing so uh, i'd really like to hear more about the school, this project-based learning school, and I, Mike and I are always fascinated with models that that really put students at the forefront and let you know student choice and student voice be what uh, you know where all of the assignments come from. You know, for example, your project was something you came up with. So how does uh, how does this system work? More more like how is, how does your school work? I think do you have a mentorship program or how did you learn you know develop your skills? Yeah, sure. So I, I think the first important thing to say is that you know my school is actually still a public school, and so there are uh, there are things that we still have to abide to from state laws. But the thing that really made the school work is that we got a waiver from the state that basically said um, we can earn competencies by doing projects, and that will um, convert to credits. So awesome. even though so we do projects at our school, but um, we have to complete certain competencies, and these competencies. Uh, somewhat aligned to Common Core, but they're much more open. So instead of having to learn about this specific time in history, there would just be more general hist- history competencies. But and you can choose kind of any period of time if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so yeah, we we can pretty much work on whatever projects we want. We just have to be able to uh, you know fill in the, those competencies. And 
um, I've been pretty lucky that all my project work, I've never had to really worry about competencies. You know, I've, I've just been able to do work that challenges myself and the competencies have kind of just come naturally. Um, and I think it's because the school did a good job of actually trying to make the competencies align to some real world work. So that, that's kind of the whole point of my school is we want to do work that um, is real world learning. That's uh, awesome. Yes. Yeah. I love that connection. I mean, it's like it, it, I, I hear that a lot from my students that they're 16 and 17 years old. They already have ideas about what they want to go ahead and do and what they want to pursue as far as the, t- the skills. And they're ready to do that. And, and I think a lot of times we limit them with our current structures, you know, with our you know, five period day or seven period day and, and, and making them go through certain things when they're ready to go ahead and, and start being able to pursue things like this is a, a legitimate company <laughs> that you started. And, and I mean, it's amazing. And, and that's something that I want other students to be able to do. So talking about this, Mike and I talk a lot about monetization of educational apps. And we uh, are on opposite ends <laughs> about that. So we've had a different <laughs> arguments about monetization. So we know that GimKit offers five free kits, or it basically would be the, the games, uh, the, where you put in the, the vocab or whatever it is that you're trying to review. Um, and then you have a subscription model for purchase. Have you received any feedback on the pricing of the game? Or you know where does that come from, Josh? Uh, yeah, for sure. We've obviously received a, a ton of feedback on it. I, I would say... Most people fit into one of three groups. I find when I'm online and looking at some software that I can often also follow one of these three groups. So I think the first group is people that uh, can't believe that we're charging for this. Um, that, you know, like, really? You're, you're charging for this? This costs money? Ugh. Uh, and so that, that's the first group. Um, and I, I do get that sometimes. Um, and I think it's because uh, there's so much mediocre software out there. Uh, yes. There's so much mediocre stuff. And so when something possibly good comes along and you want to charge for it, it's like, oh, well, I'm so used to this mediocre stuff that's free. And I think that's also another thing is there's so much free software out there yes. that uh, when you want to charge for something, it's like, oh, well, no, Kahoot, Quizzes, Quizlet Live, they're all free. Absolutely not. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's also because you're, they're, you're not quite able to see the effort that goes into building something. Like if you, for the most, for most items you purchase, you can see if you can hold something physical or you can see someone doing a task, but um, on the internet, you can't see the hours that go in that maintaining support and, you know, creating the product and coding it, right? It's hard to see that. Um, And so, yeah, I think that is part of that goes into it. Um, But I I get it too. Uh, You know, I I can often fall into this group for software, Um, but I think the two other groups are a little bit more simple. There's one that people find paying for it and a lot of time they like the product and they also just like our store and they want to support us. And then, you know, I'd say probably the least uh, popular group is the people that think it should be priced higher. But I, I'd say most people fall, fall into one of those two groups. Most people sure. in the second one where they're, you know, they're fine paying for it, but they don't think it should be priced any higher. The sure. reality is, the reality is everyone has a, should have an opportunity to use their knowledge and experience and work and time to earn an income doing what they want to do and uh you know go make your money josh i mean i think it's awesome uh do what you can to to build the product uh you know we've talked a lot about a couple other big um apps and systems and programs that have had to sell or change um we were talking about edmodo a couple weeks ago that Mm. i mean everyone knows who edmodo is and they still couldn't make it work on their own they couldn't bootstrap it they couldn't even do it with vc they still had to end up selling to a much larger chinese company just to stay in business and it's it's hard out there so 
uh, I mean, things cost money. Work costs money. Labor costs money. And hiring programmers isn't cheap. And, you know, so so I, I think that uh, asking for a nominal subscription fee is uh, is perfectly fine. And yeah, like you said, there are, there are people that are just going to not pay for it or not want to pay for it. And you have a free option that covers that. And um, that's a choice that people make. And so... I'm happy with it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be giving this a, a go uh, in September, and I'm really excited to use it. And uh, I think you'll have a subscriber in in me as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I will definitely subscribe just because, like I like what you just finished saying earlier. I love the story of this. I love the the ability that that you have just proven that uh, our high school students have so much potential if we just give them the opportunity. Uh, skills and time to be able to develop those things, they could do some awesome stuff. I mean, this yep. is just one thing. You know, you came up with this within that year. Who knows what else you would could be able to come up with as you're able to go in and have, uh, you know, the time and opportunity to do that. So actually, that leads me into my next question. What are your future plans with GimKit? And are you thinking about working on like another app? Uh, and then, obviously, next year is your senior year in high school, and are you planning on on college, or or what's what's in the future for you, Josh? Yeah. So uh, the the goal for for this year and after high school is um, to get GimKit in a place where I can actually I can actually work on it uh, full time right out of high school. That's the goal. Um, that that would be great. So that that's what I would uh, love to have happen uh, for for this year and then out of high school. And you know about. You know, six weeks ago, it looked like they had about a two percent chance, but now you know the the chance of that happening is increasing. So it's becoming more and more likely. So that's the goal. That's what I'm gonna be trying to work towards this year is to get GimKit in a place where I can uh, continue to work on it after high school because I would love to be able to continue work, working on it and support it. Um, and then you know, I think a couple of things are gonna go into that. One, you know, the summer's coming up, so we'll see how much drop off there is and um, how much people come back. If we if we can kind of keep the hype that's going around GimKit uh, going into September. Um, but yeah, in terms of future plans, that's kind of it, uh, long term and then kind of short term, we're going to be, uh, redoing the, the game over the summer, still keeping the core gameplay concepts, but the, the design right now is a little bit, uh, too, is not flexible enough. Um, so we want to add new upgrades and, uh, new concepts to the gameplay and our, our current design is, uh, it's too limiting on that. So we're, um, going to be redoing that over the summer, uh, so we, so we can add some nice new upgrades when, uh, teachers come back. That's awesome. And thanks so much, Josh, for being on the show today. We will definitely be supporting uh, GimKit and everything that you guys are working on in the future. Uh, this is such an awesome, inspirational story, and hopefully we can actually get some students to be able to go ahead, some teachers to pass on this story to their students. Because, like I said, this, is, this show is just basically what's possible, uh, again, if we, if we set up the parameters for students to be able to do awesome things. So mm-hmm. congratulations, man, on the company. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. On Education is an on-podcast media production. My name is Mike Washburn. My co-host is Glenn Irvin. You can get in touch with us or ask us questions to answer on air by visiting our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Glenn is at Spanish on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. Our sound engineer is Jake Kodweiss. He's on Twitter at JK Radio. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. 
If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be honored if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Schoology, for supporting us. Check out Schoology.com to learn how they can help you advance what's possible. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome. See you soon.